I think what flavor of these new Dunkin' Coconut Refreshers you get says a lot about you. Really? What's it say about me? Well, you got the refreshing golden peach because you're vibrant, fun, and positive. Oh, what about me? The bold purple pomegranate means you're vibrant, fun, and positive. I take it I got this delicious pink strawberry because I'm vibrant, fun, and positive. Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer excludes classic Dunkin' Refreshers. Today, we're mocking the draft for your Denver Broncos, but we're doing it war room style. Zach and I will be joined by four Mile High Huddle analysts to make all eight of Denver's selections in the 2018 NFL Draft. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented by Mile High Huddle and 247 Sports. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and we have a phenomenal show for you today. We've been planning it for weeks, our War Room Broncos mock draft. Now, before I introduce everyone, let me quickly remind you to follow the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod, and also to make sure you take some time, if you've never done this, and leave a creative review wherever you listen to the show, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, YouTube, Google Play, Spreaker, wherever. Much appreciated. really helps us to grow the show and reach new listeners. And one last piece of business before I introduce the dudes, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Audible. You guys, go get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash huddle up. There's over 180,000 different titles to choose from, from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com slash huddle up. You guys know how much I'm a believer in this app. Wouldn't have it on the podcast as a sponsor if I didn't believe in it. But this is something I use literally every day because I'm a big reader and I don't always have time to sit down and read the books that I want to read. But what Audible does is it allows me to not only get these books at cheaper discounts than I would if I were to walk into Barnes & Noble and try and buy the, the uh, physical copies, but it allows me to get these books under my belt while I'm doing other things. I can multitask while I'm listening to these phenomenal books, whether I'm at the gym, you know, I'm in the kitchen, I'm in the yard mowing, whatever the case might be on my commutes. So it's a phenomenal service, and obviously you like the audio medium. That's why you listen to this podcast, one of the many reasons, I'm sure. But obviously that's something that appeals to you. So take this opportunity to not only get the 30-day free trial, but Audible's willing to give you a free book. So go to audibletrial.com slash huddle up. Give it a try. Patronize our sponsors. Help support the show. We appreciate it. All right, let me welcome in our guest for today's War Room Mock Draft. I'll go around the table, starting with my new co-host here on the Huddle Up Podcast. He is your Denver Broncos reporter for 247sports.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, are you ready to mock your socks off? I'm ready, man. Let's do it. Awesome. Next, we have the one, the only, Eric Trickle. He is the senior draft analyst at Mile High Huddle. And he's been with me since before Mile High Huddle was even created. So he's an OG. The roots run deep. Eric, are you going to be able to bite your tongue and let myself and everybody else screw up this Broncos mock? Um, 
I make no promises, but I'll try. <laughs> That's all we ask. And next we have Nick Kendall and Carl Dumbler, two guys whom you all know extremely well, the hosts of the Building the Broncos podcast. First, we have Nick, the guy who was in Indianapolis to cover the 2018 NFL Scouting Combine for Mile High Huddle. Nick, we, you and I have talked about this uh, off air, but you're about ready for the, the real draft to be here. Yeah, only so many hypothetical situations you can talk through. So I am ready to put this one through, you know, the war room. We haven't done that yet. And then get talking about which guys the Broncos actually added and That's right. go from there. Then comes the analysis. And, of course, Carl, who traveled all the way to Mobile, Alabama, through some arduous, hairy situations to cover the Senior Bowl for Mile High Huddle, which gave him an up-close look at many of these prospects that we're going to talk about tonight. Carl, what's good, my brother? Just got done uh, coaching a soccer game and uh, saw my team do really well. And I'm ready to talk about the other football, the true football, the American football, and talk about our Denver Broncos. Let's ride that wave. We'll ride that that high of victory into the to the war room. And then last but not least, of course, we have Mile High Huddle's resident capologist, Bob Morris. Bob, how are you tonight, my brother? Doing well. And we're going to see if uh, I can uh, know enough about uh, draft prospects as much as I know about uh, the salary cap. <laughs> Yeah, well, you just do what, like I do and wing it. You know, we'll be just fine. But in all seriousness, with the introductions done, let me just quickly explain to the listeners how tonight's mock draft is going to work. The Broncos, of course, have eight selections in the 2018 draft. Each pick, for the sake of time, in the war room will get no longer than five minutes on the clock for us all to analyze, you know, take a look at what the board looks like at each pick, and then go around the table for everyone uh, to throw each guy's two cents in on who the pick should be. And while we're going to strive for consensus, if one cannot be reached in time, it'll simply be majority rule. So with six of us participating in this mock, you know, four guys want Sony Michelle in the second round, for example, but two dissent with other choices, then the pick would be Michelle. And again, we're going to keep uh, the clock to just five minutes because we want to be able to get through all eight selections in a timely manner so that it's fun and that it's engaging uh, for you, the listener, and doesn't get bogged down. And also for the sake of time, this is going to be a, a trade-free mock, even though some recent buzz has the Broncos making some moves uh, potentially on Thursday night. Now, lastly, we're going to be using a mock draft simulator over at fanspeak.com, and we will be using Eric Trickle's big board for the simulation. Now, doing it this way allows us the element of realism so that each pick kind of reflects the, the, the way it works on draft night and how the board will likely shape up on the actual draft. And if you've never used Fanspeak, highly recommended. Go over there, get your own mock draft on. You can use Eric's big board uh, or any other number of draft analysts from around the web. But I would use Eric's because he's the one that knows what's going on uh, with the Broncos. But with that being said, let's go ahead and kick this thing off with the simulator, get this party started. All right, so going through the simulator, it looks like the first player off the board at number one, the Cleveland Browns defied convention, defied all the speculation. They took Baker Mayfield. Number two, the Giants got the quarterback, the one quarterback we've heard they're actually holding out for, who was Sam Darnold. Three, went quarterbacks one, two, three. Uh, the New York Jets took Josh Rosen. And at four, the Cleveland Browns took Saquon Barkley. All right, so as mentioned earlier, each pick gets five minutes for us to go around the table, discuss, and then come to our conclusion. I'm hitting the clock right now. Zach Kelberman, you can see the board. You got Roquan Smith. We got Quentin Nelson. There's Bradley Chubb. There's Derwin James. There's a number of guys, including the Wyoming quarterback, Josh Allen. At this pick, with the guys you see currently off the board, what would your selection be and why? 
So I think it's pretty safe to say that the Broncos favor Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. Those are their preferred quarterbacks, and they're not obviously available. So it, for me, it comes down to Quentin Nelson or Bradley Chubb with this pick. And you can really go either way, both fill positions of need. Um, Quentin Nelson, it's maybe a little too high to take a guard at number five overall, even though he is a perennial all-pro talent. Um, I'm going to defy a little logic, though. I'm going to go with Bradley Chubb in this role, only because to have a Von Miller clone on the outside, you have Shane Ray, his fifth-year option might be up in the air. Uh, Shaq Barrett will be an unrestricted free agent next year. And to have a guy like Bradley Chubb as edge, if he puts a little weight on in the Broncos 3-4, I think he can really thrive opposite Von Miller. So I'm going Bradley Chubb. I'm going defense, and I hope to fill out the offense in the later uh, parts of the draft. Okay, Bradley Chubb for Zach. Eric, who's your pick here? As much as I love Roquan Smith, linebacker is an extremely deep class this year. Guard, I like guards later on. I'm going to agree with Zach, and I'm going Bradley Chubb. You get the edge rusher off opposite Von Miller. As he said, the status of Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett are both up in the air, and you just got to get more consistency because they haven't had that consistent pass rusher opposite Von Miller since they parted ways with Demarcus Ware. So that's the way I'm going is Bradley Chubb, and you get that pass rusher, and you're getting after the quarterback. Okay, that's two for Chubb. Nick, what are you doing here? I'm not going to break the mold here. I'm going to go Bradley Chubb as well. I don't know uh, if any of you guys are as positional value-oriented in the first round as I am. So uh, for me, edge rusher round one is the second most important position on an entire team, and getting a guy that can be cost-controlled over the next four or five years to play opposite Von Miller is a huge get for the Broncos and something that you want from a top-five pick. Okay, that's three down for Chubb. We still have about a little over two and a half minutes. Carl, what's your decision here? I am going Bradley Chubb as well. It's just, you look at the Chargers and what they've had with their two outside pass rushers, and for the Broncos, maybe even having a better pair, that would just wreak havoc on on defense or on offenses. And especially with how bad offensive lines are right now, having a guy like Bradley Chubb to take pressure off of Von Miller or take advantage of one-on-one opportunities, oh my goodness, I'd love to see that. Okay. Well, we already know who the pick's going to be based on uh, numbers here, but Bob, what are your thoughts here? Would you follow what everyone said so far and go Chubb or someone else? Well, I can see the arguments for Quentin Nelson, and I can see the arguments for Wilquan Smith, but uh, given that this is uh, not a deep class of pass rushers and that the Broncos, uh, Shaquille Barrett, this is this will be an unrestricted free agent next year. The status Shane Ray uncertain. I think I have to go with everybody else and say yes. We got to go for broke and go with Bradley Chubb. Okay, for the record, I agree. Bradley Chubb would also be my selection. So let's go ahead and turn this draft card in, run to the podium, and thank the football gods at the Broncos with the top three quarterbacks off the board are taking the number one pass rusher in this class to complement Von Miller. Bradley Chubb is a Denver Bronco. Now, just for the record, in case you guys were wondering, the listeners, where Josh Allen fell in the first round of this mock simulation, he ended up slipping all the way down to the 15th pick and went to the Arizona Cardinals, who would have been pretty happy to get Josh Allen at pick 15 without having to trade anything and move up. So we're moving on to second round here with Bradley Chubb, our first selection collectively. Let's see how the board shapes up. All right, so we're on the clock. Let me just tell you the last few guys who were taken. At 39, you had edge rusher Arden Key go to the Bears. Dante Jackson went to uh, the cornerback, went to Tampa Bay. Wide out Dante Pettis went to Indy. And the running back Jalen Samuels 
went to uh, Indianapolis as well at pick 36 and 37 consecutively. They, they chose back-to-back. So what that leaves the Broncos here with the eighth pick in the second round is uh, at the top, looking at just value based on the board, we've got the safety from Wake Forest, Jesse Bates. We've got the D-line, Tim Settle from Virginia Tech. Ooh, Leighton Vanderesh, the off-ball linebacker from Boise State's there as well. We'll start again with Zach. We're on the clock starting right now. Zach, who's your pick here? A lot of interesting names left on the board. You look at Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, uh, Nick Chubb, Vanderesh, as you said. I don't really want to address defense in consecutive rounds, but I think the Broncos really need a cornerback uh, to take over for Keith Tlaib. They have Bradley Roby. They have Chris Harris Jr., uh, but they signed Tremaine Brock. He's not the future at the position. Brendan Langley didn't look that great last year, so I'm going with Josh Jackson at this pick. I think he'd be a nice developmental prospect uh, for the long term in this defense. Okay, we're going defense back-to-back from Zach with Josh Jackson, the corner from Iowa. Eric, who's your selection here? As much as I like Josh Jackson, Josh Jackson, I don't think he fits the scheme as well as you would like. I was really kind of hoping that Isaac Yedem would still be on the board, and he went 35 to the Browns. So I'm going to actually stick with defense, but I'm going to go with Leighton Vanderesh. At this point, it's just tremendous value. I'm pretty sure that Denver would actually rush to the podium and fly, rush from rush to Dallas from Denver <laughs> to turn in the pick for Leighton Vanderesh. From what I've heard is they absolutely love him, and I can see why. He's tremendous talent, has a lot of upside, and he's he can be a day-one starter that Denver needs on that defense. Okay, so we got two defensive selections here. Zach went with Josh Jackson from Iowa. Eric's going with Leighton Vander Esch. Nick, who's your pick? I got to agree with Eric here. I love Josh Jackson being an Iowa Hawkeye myself, but I do have some questions about his ability to play in Denver's scheme. He was much better for the Hawkeyes last season as more of an off-ball linebacker who could keep his eyes in the backfield and create turnovers. I mean, he led NCAA football with turnovers last year but he really struggles in press man. And that's something Denver relies on very heavily for their defense. So for me, Josh Jackson is somebody I love, but I don't think he's a great fit for what Denver wants in their cornerbacks. So I'm going to go with Leighton Vanderich. Todd Davis's deal is easy to get out of in a couple of years, even next year, the way it's structured. And Brandon Marshall might also be a guy who's going to be heading soon. So Leighton Vanderich gives the Broncos an interior guy they've needed for a long time and they've said they're going to prioritize linebacker so wouldn't be at all surprising if he was somebody they targeted and for what it's worth we're looking at some great value here because based on the board josh jackson is the 30th uh prospect leighton vanderesh is 26 and we're picking here at 40 so that's what we're uh with the run on quarterbacks and the way it shook out in the first round that's what we're dealing with let's go over to carl who would your pick be it really is hard not want to, not wanting to go offense here with going defense in the first, but oh man, I'm I'm looking at at Calvin Ridley there, and I'm a wide receiver guy. That's that's my my bread and butter, and he's a great route runner. He's a guy that comes in day one would be a great player for the offense, but it, it is hard to pass on that value of Leighton Vander Esch and, and keep that defense strong, and especially just adding that that premier guy at the, at the middle of the defense that has just been missing for the Broncos. So. I'm going to have to agree with the other guys here, Leighton Vanderesh of Boise State. Okay, so we got three for Leighton, one for Josh Jackson. Bob, who would your selection be? Well, I'm going with the majority, and Leighton Vanderesh, like everybody said, it surprises me that he did fall based on how the simulator went. That's, again, just great value, and they do need to have that uh, 
additional linebacker out there who can help with uh, covering uh, the uh, running backs and the tight ends. Of course, they got Sua Cravens at uh, the safety to help out with that. And maybe Brandon Marshall can bounce back. But if you got Vanderesh out there, I mean, putting Marshall, Vanderesh, and Cravens out there at the same time, I just love the, the chances, uh, <laughs> just how that defense would look in uh, covering uh, the tight ends and the running backs. Okay, so that gives us a majority. If I were to weigh in on this pick, I would probably take Leighton Vanderesh as well, although I certainly understand the Josh Jackson pick there too from Zach being that the kid is such a ball hawk and he's a first-round rated corner that the Broncos could get at the top of the second. So this really is being at the top of round two, an embarrassment of riches for the Broncos. They can get some great value here. But we're going to go ahead and make the selection. The Broncos go defense at the top of the draft. First round, they take Bradley Chubb on the edge. Second round, it's off-ball linebacker from Boise State, Leighton Vanderesh. All right, so now it's time to move on to round three. The Broncos hold two selections in round three, the first of which is pick number 71 overall. And let me just rattle off here the, the prospects who went off the board most recently. I'll do it the, the way I should have done it in round two. At pick 66, the guard, Braden Smith, went to the New York Giants. Pick 67 was the edge rusher, Lorenzo Carter, going to Indy. 68 was safety, Justin Reed, going to Houston. 69 was the offensive tackle, Martinez Rankin, going to the Giants. And then the last pick off the board before we went on was wide receiver Cedric Wilson going to the Niners. I'm going to go ahead and start our clock right now the Broncos actually before I hit the clock let me just so our listeners know what we're looking at here in terms of value based on the big board we have the 40th overall uh, player we have the tight end uh, Dallas Goddard from South Dakota State if I butchered his name apologies 47th overall prospect and defensive lineman Harrison Phillips from Stanford 52 we have the off-ball linebacker Fred Warner from BYU Rasheem Green Carlton Davis so even Kyle Ouellette is there at uh, the 60th overall selection, and here we are at pick 71. So I'm going to go ahead, just kind of set the stage, and uh, hit the stopwatch. Zach, what's catching your eye here? After going defense the first couple rounds, you cannot ignore the offensive side of the ball in round three with the Broncos' two uh, third-round picks. So I'm looking at a running back. I'm looking at a receiver at this point, and the receiver that catches my eye is DJ Shark from uh, LSU. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Vance Joseph's brother actually works for LSU in some capacity, and the Broncos brought Shark in on a pre-draft visit, one of a handful of receivers they did meet with. He would fit perfectly in this offense as that number three. They need a number three guy. I don't really uh, buy into Carlos Henderson just yet. I don't believe in Isaiah McKenzie just yet or Jordan Taylor. So Shark fits that number three role perfectly. He's a multifaceted receiver. Give me him. Okay. DJ Shark from LSU, the wide out, very talented, getting some good value in the third round, being that he's the 61 player, 61st player on the big board. Eric, who's your selection here? As I weep because I see Folorunzu Fadukasi on the board, I'm not going to go with defense for a third pick. I'm looking at wide receivers. And as was said, there's DJ Shark that's on the board, but there's a guy that I like a little bit more. And uh, we're using my board, but this I actually missed moving him up, but James Washington from Oklahoma State. Denver has a lot of interest in him. From going back to the Senior Bowl, I got word that they were, were strongly considering him in the second round, and they want, were continuing to do a lot of homework on him. And there's also Michael Gallup there as well. 
But the one big need that they absolutely need is they need a receiving threat at tight end. You can't bet on Jake Butt coming back from injury, and Dallas Goddard is there, and he is a tremendous receiving weapon, and he has enough blocking to be more than capable there. So I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard. Okay. So we've got the tight end from Eric Goddard. we got the wide out DJ Chark from Zach. Nick, who would your selection be here? I think you need to put me in front of Eric because it's going to sound like I'm copying him. Mm. But I I I agree. I really wanted. I was gonna go with uh, Goddard here. He kind of was teasing it that he wasn't gonna go that way, so I was excited to go against him. <laughs> but Musgraves has been a guy who's like to use two tight end sets, and Goddard's a guy who I think he can play a little bit of inside outside. Plus, there's some talk that he's gonna go round one to the Saints. They've been heavily linked to him, and I think he's the only tight end in this entire class. I'd be comfortable saying that he projects as a number one tight end in the NFL. So you have Jake Butt as that more inline blocking guy as a number two, still can move the sticks, and then Goddard as the other tight end. I mean, you're you're really developing a really nice tight end duo there, which helps you not only pass the football, protect Keenum, but also it helps you run the football. So I'm I'm with Eric here. I would go Goddard. Okay, sounds good. So we got two for for the tight end, Carl. Who would your selection be here? Man, I, I'm gonna actually go down a little bit further on the board, and a guy that I, I have a lot higher on my board than Eric does. But that is Christian Kirk of Texas A&M. He is a dynamic player that this offense has been missing. And, with, I mean, the Broncos just need guys that can catch the ball and, you know, five-yard uh, five yard slant or something like that and take it for a touchdown. Plus, he can help on special teams. So he could be one of those day-one impact players, even if he isn't that full-time starter on offense. And getting that kind of player here in the, the third round that I think his best days are honestly still ahead of him in football – because I think he really is just scratching the surface of, of his playing ability. So Christian Kirk is my guy. Okay, so we got two wideouts, DJ Shark, Christian Kirk, and then, of course, two votes for the big tight end. Bob, who's your selection here? Well, I got to go with uh, what uh, Eric and Nick have been pushing is uh, Dallas Goddard just kind of looking at uh, what he's like. Uh, certainly a, a great pass catcher. The blocking is kind of in question, but uh, – Hopefully with some coaching up, he can uh, get that uh, blocking to the level where it needs to be, and perhaps he can be the uh, the long-term guy at tight end. So I think uh, getting Goddard in there, that gets you a playmaker. The Broncos do need another tight end in the mix to pair up with Jake Butt. So that's who I'm going to go with is Goddard. Okay. For what it's worth, my selection would also be DJ Chark from LSU. Um, I just – I think he's – I just love this kid's talent, but now don't take it from me. This is the same guy who's number one receiver in that great 2014 class, okay, was Cody Latimer. So perhaps I'm not the greatest evaluator when it comes to wide receivers, but nevertheless, the majority in this case goes to the big tight end from South Dakota State. The Broncos take Dallas Goddard with the 71st pick in the draft. All right, so the Broncos have two selections, as mentioned, in the third round. With the 99th pick, the Broncos are on the clock. But before I punch that button on the stopwatch, the last five players taken were defensive lineman B.J. Hill to the Minnesota Vikings at pick 94, tight end Ian Thomas to the Patriots at 95, Eshena Nwosu to the Buffalo Bills, Ed Rusher, sorry if I butchered his name, at 96, cornerback Darius Phillips going to Arizona at 97, and last but not least, Eric Trickle's favorite offensive tackle in this class slipped, he fell, and he went 98 overall to Houston, Orlando Brown. So, here we go. Broncos are on the clock. Before I hit the button, let me just, so the listeners know what we're looking at here. 
in terms of value. John Kelly, the running back from Tennessee, the 71st rated player on this big board, is at the top. Also, sitting there right for the taking, you guys, like the football gods are touching us right now. Sony Michelle from Georgia, quarterback Mike Hughes from Central Florida, the DB, Christian Kirk, Carl's guys on the board too. So let me go ahead and hit the stopwatch, and we'll flip this over to Zach and get started. So, Zach, you're on the clock. Who's your selection for the Broncos with the 99th overall pick in the third round? With offense again for the second, third round pick, as much as I like uh, Bolage at running back, they do need someone in the backfield to complement Booker and D'Angelo Henderson, and I cannot believe Sony Michelle is still on the board. That is my guy right there. That is tremendous value uh, in this spot. I think he'd be a dynamite complement to Booker and Henderson, so I'm definitely going with a running back. It was a need before uh, C.J. Anderson was released, and it's an even bigger need now, so Sony Michelle is my pick uh, at this spot. Okay, so Sony Michelle's first vote. Eric, who are you going with here? Well, I'm going to disagree with Zach. If I'm going running back, I'll be looking at John Kelly. Sonny Michelle, he puts the ball on the ground once every 55 carries. Denver already has two guys who have issues with putting the ball on the ground, so that's not the way I would personally go. But I look at this, and I see a favorite of mine that I've got to make the case for. Denver's defensive line, they have some serious questions. Adam Gott says he's under investigation. And Derek Wolf, even though he says things are all good, we won't know until he actually takes a hit. And then, of course, Denver, they really misused Zach Kerr last year. And there's Folaranzu Fadukasi that's sitting there on the board from UConn. And this guy is, you can play him at nose tackle, you can play him at five tech, you can move him around. He fits the scheme perfectly. He does whatever you want to be done up front. So I'm going to go with Folaranzu Fadukasi. Okay. One offensive player, one defensive player. Nick, who you got? I am going to go defense as well on my end, and I'm going to go with a little bit. At, it's potentially somebody that there are some questions about him. He was not invited to the combine because of there's an assault in his past, but talk is that that has been cleared up. That's not so much an issue. And cornerback's a major need for the Broncos. They really need another guy, and I see a top 40 player on my board, my personal board, in Mike Hughes, I think he has tremendous ball skills. He sticks with guys down the field. He doesn't have the amazing long speed, which is the reason he's probably been pushed down this board. He ran a 4-5, which you want a cornerback closer to a 4-4. But I really like his ball skills. I think he can play man coverage, and the Broncos really need some more cornerbacks. And as we saw in Thomas Hall's piece today, the Broncos like to take defensive line and cornerbacks a lot. And there's a dire need at cornerback, in my opinion, and I – Hughes is one of my favorite ones in this class, so I'm going to make the case, Mike Hughes. Okay, so we got one vote for Michelle, one for uh, Folaransu Fatukasi, and one for Mike Hughes. Carl, what's your decision here? Well, I got to stick with who I was going to pick at the last pick. I, I still can't believe he's still here. <laughs> and I mean, Christian Kirk, it's it's pretty easy for me. I, I just this guy is just so dynamic on the field. I think even early on, I know he's going to have to work on some route running and and just learning how to to be a wide receiver, but you can still design 10 plays a game just to try to get the, the ball in this guy's hand and I I expect that he's going to score at least one time every time he every 10 touches. That's the the kind of dynamic player that he is and like I said the Broncos just don't have it. They don't have that kind of player on their team right now and we need it. Okay, Christian Kirk how about you, Bob? Well, I'm going to break the tie here, and i got to go with uh, Nick. I looked at these guys who are there. There's some guys that look really good, but I 
went with Mike Hughes for this reason. First of all, it's a great value pick. He's uh, kind of – Eric's got him kind of up uh, towards second to third round, so you're getting him at the tail end of the third round. It uh, provides you with a cornerback because, uh, of course, uh, Tremaine Brock, he's not a long-term guy, not yet anyway. And uh, Chris Harris, uh, of course, he continues to play well, but uh, he's he's getting older. And then Bradley Roby, status, will he be able to prove himself as the, uh, the number two cornerback or not? But I think the added plus to uh, Mike Hughes is that he has skills as a return man. And let's face it, Isaiah McKenzie – was not good last year. Uh, they lost their kick returner in Cody Latimer. Jordan Taylor, he was all right as a punt return, but uh, didn't really offer anything particularly special. So I got to go with Mike Hughes to not only give you uh, another cornerback to help with your depth there, but a potential punt and kick return, man. And if you can fill that, then your special teams is really going to take a step forward. All right, so that brings it to me, and I got to concur – with Zach on this. I think the football gods are trying to send us a message in this simulation. I couldn't pass on Sony Michelle at the bottom of the third round, just sitting there right for the for the taking. So my it's gonna be two votes for Sony Michelle, two votes for Mike Hughes, one for Christian Kirk, and one for Fularanzu Fadukasi. That means that both Eric and Carl have to make a decision on whether they would take in this case Sony Michelle or Mike Hughes. We'll start with you this time, Carl. Who would of those two would you side with? All right. Well, I'm I'm all about trying to make the the job of our quarterback easier since we didn't get a quarterback in this draft. Case Keenum, add a playmaker for him. I know he has some fumbling issues, and that's not not good to add to a team. But at the same time, Sony Michelle, he is a dynamic player. I loved watching him at Georgia. That great one-two punch, and I just it, it'd be hard to pass on him here. Okay, Sony Michelle, what about you, Eric? We're going to end up with a 3-3 tie because oh. <laughs> I can't go with Sonny Michelle. His fumbling issues are way too concerning with me to add to a team that already has two backs that have serious fumbling issues as it is. D'Angelo Henderson, as much as I love him, he had a similar fumble rate of like once every like 62 carries or something like that last year. Devontae Booker, he had a pretty high rate. So I just, I just can't get comfortable with taking another back with those fumbling issues. So I'd go with Mike Hughes. All right, so – we have a, th- a, a two-way tie, three votes going for Sony Michelle, three votes going for Mike Hughes. I'm going to go ahead, and uh, as the host of this show, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an executive decision, and the pick is going to be Sony Michelle for the sake that even though we know Elway's tendencies, as Thomas Hall laid out and Nick brought up too, they're going defensive line and cornerback, I think there will be some more opportunities to do that later in the draft, and I just can't suffer the idea of passing on Sony Michelle this late. In the, in the third round, notwithstanding his fumbling issues. He's just such a playmaker. So Sony Michelle is the pick with Michelle going off the board to the Broncos late in the third. That means the Broncos threw four selections in this simulation, this mock draft. You got Bradley Chubb, pick five. You got the off-ball linebacker, the dynamic player, Leighton Van Der Esch, in the second round. You got the big pass-catching tight end from South Dakota State, Dallas Goddard in the third, and then Sony Michelle. So here we are now moving into the fourth round in which the Broncos currently hold the pick number 106 and also pick number 113. So we will start with pick number 106. And the last five guys, excuse me, to go off the board were John Kelly, the running back, to Green Bay at 101. Naheem Hines, the running back to Tampa Bay. Cornerback, 
Mike Hughes slipped all the way down and went at pick 103 to the Houston Texans. Faloranzu Fadukasi went at pick 104 to the Colts. And then lastly, the tackle slash guard Alex Kappa going to the Chicago Bears. And as I restart our stopwatch here, what we're looking at is at the top of the board, there he is. Christian Kirk remains available to the Broncos. Dynamic wideout from Texas A&M. The edge rusher from Florida State, Josh Sweat. You've got defensive linemen from Miami, R.J. McIntosh. The cornerback from Maryland, J.C. Jackson. There's uh, Kalen Balage also, even though we just took Sony Michelle. So there are some options here, and I'm going to reset the stop uh, clock. And as we go through this, Zach, any of you guys, if you want me to manipulate the board so that you can see players at specific positions, the top choices, you just say the word. But we're going on the clock now. Zach, you're up. It's kind of ridiculous that Christian Kirk is still on the board. I'm with Carl here. It's just a ridiculous, tremendous value to get him at this spot. And like he said, it's it's a big need for the Broncos. And like I mentioned before, you can't rely on Carlos Henderson, Isaiah McKenzie, Jordan Taylor. They're just not that dynamic number three that you need uh, behind Marius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. So Christian Kirk, this is the steal of the century. I'm going with him, and I'm running my draft card up to the podium. Okay. The, go- the call goes for Christian Kirk. And this time, just to switch it up, Nick, I'm giving you the first uh, shot at the table. Well, I think I would be leaning more towards Josh Sweat here if we hadn't already gone with Bradley Chubb with the first pick. I think Sweat's talent is first-round worthy, but he has some serious medical issues. So day three, I would be very interested in him at that rate. However, not the case on this one, so I'm going to go with Christian Kirk. Case Keenum's a guy who, honestly, is going to run more of a quicker passing attack, and you need to get some guys that can be playmakers in space. And the Broncos have a need at wide receiver. So Christian Kirk came into this year. Some people are arguing wide receiver one. Like Carl mentioned, he does have some issues with his route running, but he's a dynamic guy, and he adds playmaking to special teams and offense, which the team desperately needs. So I'm going to go with Christian Kirk here. Okay, Eric, your choice here. I'm going to end up going not with receiver. I'm going to go with cornerback. JC Jackson. This is a guy who has been dubbed an Akib Talib clone. His play style is very similar to him. Their attitude is very similar. Just <laughs> everything is very similar between the two of them. And Denver still has a need for cornerback. I think at this point with JC Jackson, you've done all the vetting you can on him. And that's the way I'm going. And if I was going to go receiver, I wouldn't even go Christian Kirk. I'd be looking at Anthony Miller from Memphis. So, but JC Jackson's my guy here. Okay. Carl, since I know what your decision is, I'm going to throw this over to Bob. What do you got? Well, this is a uh, tough call here. I'm trying to – I kind of look at uh, some of these uh, cornerbacks because I'm trying to think about, uh, you know, the need there. Of course, uh, I do think that uh, Eric's got a point about uh, Anthony Miller and just trying to look at the – trying to look at both, kind of compare Christian Kirk to Anthony Miller. Uh, I tend to lean towards Kirk and uh, – I don't know. It's to me, I think, uh, I think probably Christian Kirk is probably the, uh, the best option at this point. I think that, uh, he's got, uh, he's got potential to be, uh, you know, a capable slot receiver and that'll help at a position of need where they are going to need to have some receivers that they can uh, develop with uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Of course, his, He's not a slot, usually a slot receiver, but his status is up in the air for next year. So I kind of have to lean towards uh, Christian Kirk. I really want to get a cornerback at this point, but I'm just kind of thinking that uh, maybe we'll find a little better value uh, 
later in the fourth round because it's not too long until we uh, pick again. Okay, Christian Kirk. Carl, you going to deviate here? Yeah, I'm going to have to. I'm just Whoa. kidding. No, of course. <laughs> of course I'm going to go Christian Kirk. Blew your mind. I, I've, been, I've been pounding the table for this guy for an entire round, and I, I just – I, like I said, I'm a receiver guy, and I love getting dynamic guys, those guys that can get open in a hurry and those guys that can make something out of nothing. And just looking at the offensive weapons we've added to this team, I think the Broncos go from kind of one of the most stale teams when it comes to weapons to one of the more dynamic teams with Dallas Goddard, Sony Michelle, and Christian Kirk. Those are tough guys to have to, to defend on the field. And I do got to say that I really love Anthony Miller, but there are some serious concerns about his longevity with a foot issue. If he didn't have those foot issues at all, or I had medical information that there was no issue there, then he would be my pick over Kirk. But I just don't have that. He came back with a four-plus medical grade at the NFL Combine, which is really good. Just to throw that out there. Needless to say, even if the pick was Miller, with what we've got, Christian Kirk, my pick would also be Christian Kirk. Which, which seals the deal. But, I mean, to Carl's point, we went defense to start this draft with two phenomenal blue chippers and Bradley Chubb and Leighton Vanderesh. And then we just added to the offensive cupboards here with Dallas Goddard, Sony Michelle, and Christian Kirk. But we're not done. We've got a couple of more picks, three more picks left, actually, and then we're going to get out of here. So let's move on to the uh, second pick in the fourth round, which is number bef- – number, uh, 113. Yeah, and the last five guys off the board, I'll go through it quick. Kimoko Ture, the edge rusher at 108. J.C. Jackson went 109 to the Redskins. Traquan Smith, the wideout, went to the Raiders at 110. Offensive tackle Joseph Noteboom went 111 to the Rams. And then the last pick off the board was the linebacker Darius Leonard going to Cincinnati. Now, so to set the stage here for the listeners to, to – so you know what's available to us here at this pick. At the top of the board, we got the 87th overall rated prospect in defensive lineman R.J. McIntosh. You got the linebacker Christian Sam, safety Jordan Whitehead, the running back Kalen Balage. There's quite still a number of interesting prospects, including the linebacker Shaquem Griffin from Central Florida. But we haven't addressed any offensive line needs yet. Uh, for what it's worth, it might be a little early for this, but Desmond Harrison. Uh, is still available, the kid from West Georgia, the former Texas offensive tackle with whom Nick did a a piece not too long ago you're going to want to go check out. So with that being said, let me stop, reset the clock. Zach, you're up. And if you need me to manipulate any of these positions, you say the word. I think uh, I want to go defense and I want to go quarterback with this pick, but you do need, like you said just a second ago, you need an offensive line that you can develop, you know, behind Valdir. You don't have Menelik Watson at that spot anymore. You have Elijah Wilkinson, but I'm going to go Brett Toth uh, from Army, the tackle. I think that's a good player for them to develop, and I like him in this spot. Okay. Brett Toth, the selection, Army. He was at the Senior Bowl. The Broncos got a nice up-close personal look at this kid. Eric, who's your selection here? I like Brett Toth, but uh, he's very questionable fit with this game. He just likes the fundamental strength. And then there is the two years of required service that he has to deal with. So I'm going to be looking at quarterback. There is one from Western Kentucky here that from 
Mike White, I absolutely love him. I think he's going to be – I think he's actually going to have a good NFL career. Maybe even if it's just as a backup, I think he'll be one of those top-end backup quarterbacks. He fits kind of the mold that Elway likes. He's a little bit bigger. He's got a pretty strong arm, and he's pretty clean. The issue is, is that you do will have to keep work on him when he gets under pressure because he gets really sloppy. But they have no quarterback yet in this draft. They want to get and walk away with the quarterback, so I'm going to put my vote down for Mike White. Okay. Nick, what do you got here? I honestly am going to go with Desmond Harrison. I, and maybe it's because I'm biased because I spoke with him and his offensive line coach, uh, his offensive line coach on a couple occasions, and he is raw. He still has work to do, but his athletic upside and demeanor on the field really gets me hyped. He could end up being one of the better offensive tackles in this class, and I know he's definitely more of an athlete than a football player right now, but that's why you have Jared Veldier. I mean, you ha- you don't have to play him year one. And I think the upside is tremendous. And he sounds like a guy who really deserves a second chance. So I know the Broncos, he might be a better fit zone scheme long term. But who knows what the scheme the Broncos are going to be running ne- next year. I think Harrison is a guy who could potentially play on either side of the line. And again, just huge upside. So get him in Denver, coach him up. And if you hit a, if you hit a home run there, I mean, that's, that's a mega home run. Because getting an, a starting offensive tackle... This late in the draft, huge. Okay. Carl, what's your pick? This is probably one of the tougher picks because there's a lot of different directions I could see the Broncos go here. But I'm I'm actually going to go – this is where we I'm, – I'm looking at cornerback, and I'm thinking Holton Hill from Texas. The guy's had a ton of off-the-field issues, and uh, but he's, he's one of those high-risk, high-reward players. And this fourth, fifth round, that's where I like to take those kind of players that could have that first-round value but just fell because of off-the-field stuff that maybe they can mature and get out of. But it's just it's hard for me to want to pass on him right now. So Holton Hill from Texas. Okay. Bob, you're last up. I'm sorry to say you only have about 25 seconds, but who would your selection be? Oh, goodness. The pressure's on. Well, we've been kind of neglecting the defense for a number of picks, and we still need to kind of get uh, a cornerback in there. And I'm kind of looking between uh, Holton Hill and uh, Kevin Tolliver, kind of looking at the two. I probably think from a talent standpoint, I'd be willing to take a chance on uh, Holton Hill, and I'll go ahead and go with Carl. I think at this point, you know, as, as we've noticed, the Broncos, they usually draft cornerbacks each year, and I think it's pretty clear that the defense needs to kind of uh, get its uh, turn at the plate after we've addressed the offense for so many picks. So Holton Hill will be my pick. Okay. For what it's worth, my selection is going to be Desmond Harrison as well. I agree with both Zach and Nick that offensive tackle needs to be addressed here, but based on some of Nick's scouting and his his uh, writing on Desmond Harrison, I'm a believer in this kid. He's currently the highest-rated tackle on the board as well, for whatever that's worth. So we have ourselves once again a tie. Desmond Harrison, two picks for Harrison, and of course two picks as well for Holton Hill. So I'll start with you, Zach. Who would your tie-breaking vote go between those two? I want to go with cornerback, like I mentioned, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna defer to Nick on his scouting report for Harrison. So that's my vote. I'm gonna take the tackle in this round. Okay, three for Harrison. Eric, how about you, buddy? I can't make things easy. I would be going with Holton Hill in this situation. It's just Desmond Harrison just doesn't fit the scheme at all, and I think that. There's a couple offensive tackles we can get a little bit later that are better fits and might be a little bit more ready day one than Harrison is, just in case Veldeer, who has a serious injury history, gets hurt. 
that can come in and play right away and at a higher level. That so I'd be def- I'd be going with Hill and trying to get one of those guys later. Well, since last time my executive decision aired on my own opinion, this time I'll flip it on the other side of the coin and we'll go with the dissenting choice here with Holton Hill is the selection, the cornerback from Texas. And that takes us through the end of the fourth round. The Broncos have two more selections left. Picks 106, or excuse me, picks 149 in the fifth round and 160. So we're almost done here. We're almost through this thing. Okay, so let me switch over. We're into the fifth round now. Again, Broncos have two choices. The pick is moving. We'll see here how this shapes up. But again, just to while this thing is, is rolling in the simulator, the Broncos went Bradley Chubb and Leighton Vanderesh, two defensive stalwarts, to start the draft in rounds one and two, and then a run on three consecutive picks of offensive players in Dallas Goddard, the tight end, Sony Michelle, the running back, wideout Christian Kirk, and then lastly, the talented but troubled cornerback from Texas, Holton Hill. And now the Broncos go on the clock in the fifth round, and this time I'm just going to list the last couple guys that were taken off the board. Uh, we had the Pittsburgh Steelers at pick 148 took Deidrin Sinat, and then at 147 the Saints took running back Royce Freeman. Now, to set the stage here, we have an interesting guy. Eric just published a scouting report on this kid. On the board, he's 130 overall as a player. He's the defensive lineman from NC State, Justin Jones. We also have the safety, Trayvon Henderson from Hawaii, Deion Kane. Needs that we haven't addressed. Let me just throw this out there. We haven't touched on guard. We have yet to get a tackle. Uh, we have yet to get another developmental quarterback. So with that said, let me reset the stopwatch. we got five minutes to uh, make this decision. Zach, you're on the clock. I do like a defensive lineman in this round, and I do like Justin Jones. The Broncos need a defensive lineman to groom behind Derek Wolf, who's coming off a career-threatening neck injury. Adam Gottes is up in the air. Shelby Harris was good, but still a little a little unproven. He's not you know, uh, an all-pro household name yet, and you have uh, a, uh, Demarcus Walker at the position now. So I'm going to go defensive lineman, but I'm going to actually go – with uh, Breland Speaks from Old Miss. I think he's a really big sleeper in this draft class, really quick, athletic. He runs well. He had seven sacks last year. Uh, that's my guy, uh, uh, Breland Speaks. Okay. Defensive line from Zach. Nick, I'll go with you this time just for for sake of giving you a chance ahead of Eric. Go ahead. Well, I think Desmond Harrison's still on the board, so I'm going to go with him again. Again, speaking of his offensive line coach, he said he can play in either scheme, and up at Texas, he played up 320 to 330 pounds. So I think he can play on either side of the line, and I'm not as worried about uh, scheme specifics with him because I think he has the athleticism to overcome it. And I know you want those guys in space more uh, in a zone scheme, but I think he can add the mass, he has the arm length, and he has the tenacity where I can put him on either side. Okay. And either, either scheme, personally. Desmond Harrison is the pick from Nick. How about you, Carl? I'm going to go with Nick on this one and Desmond Harrison. And uh, it just, we've neglected one of the most important positions on, on the team, the trenches. And and I know we've added quite a few pieces already this off season, but it's still needing some more developmental pieces and, and still some more talent. So Desmond Harrison, I love the kid. I, I love watching his tape and it's just, it's hard to pass on just such raw talent. And I just, I actually believe in this offensive line coaching staff so much more than the last couple. Okay. That's two for Desmond. How about you, Bob? Well, I'm trying to look at some of these other guys here real quick. Sure. <laughs> but, you tell uh, me where you want it to go if you want to look at something. 
Yeah. You want you mind if you come back to me? All right. Now, Eric, who's your selection here in the fifth round? As much as I like Desmond Harrison, and I get the argument for him that maybe he can play both sides of the ball and fit in any scheme, I like Greg Sinnott from Wagner a little bit more. He's a little bit longer, has a little bit more functional strength, and he just fits the scheme a little bit better, and he still feels that developmental guy. And I think he provides more potential to start sooner than Harrison does. So if Feldier does get hurt, I think Wagner will be closer to being ready than Harrison will be. So I would go with Greg Sinat. Okay. All right, so we're going to give Bob a second to figure out what he wants to do there. My pick is the same as last, which would be Desmond Harrison. And uh, he is just a phenomenally talented kid and had some troubles, you know, caused him to end up at West Georgia, but... He's also a guy, if you go back and read that piece that Nick did, and you can find it, just search it on uh, over at milehighhuddle.com, you can find it. And he's a kid that seems to have learned from some of his shortcomings in the past. And, you know, he takes ownership for his issues. There was that story that Nick brought up in the piece about him being late for a meeting uh, due to circumstances that were a little bit outside his control. And even though his coaches were letting willing to let it slide, uh, he said, no, you know what? It happened. I'm going to take responsibility for it. I'm going to be an example. And uh, he took the consequences associated with that, which what was it, Nick? He had to sit for the first half of the first quarter of a game or something like that. Yeah, he had to miss the first quarter of a game. Right. So he's got some integrity. I like that to go along with you know, his, his size and, and his talent. So my pick also would be Desmond Harrison. That gives us three for Harrison in this round. What do you got, Bob? It's okay. And yeah, yeah. At this point, uh, I kind of think that uh, of the remaining offensive linemen who are on the board, I think Harrison probably does make the most sense. I know Eric said that uh, doesn't doesn't believe he's a scheme fit, but uh, you know, fingers crossed that uh, Jared Feldier can stay healthy and that uh, Harrison can have a year to develop and then eventually be groomed to move in onto the right side and perhaps be that guy. So I would tend to lean uh, towards uh, Harrison at this point. We haven't addressed the offensive line. I'm sure there are some Bronco fans wondering why we haven't done that. But So that would be my pick at this point. Okay. The pick is in. Desmond Harrison to the Denver Broncos. And we march on to the final pick in the draft for the Broncos, which is selection number 160 overall. And let's see how the board is shaping up for us. Broncos on the clock. Last couple guys taken uh, at pick 158 was the wideout Jamon Moore going to Cincinnati, and then the running back, Chase Edmonds, going to the Oakland Raiders. Now, just so everyone's aware of what we're dealing with here at the top of available guys with the final pick for the Broncos, there's a safety. Deshaun Elliott is currently the highest-rated player uh, left available. But going back to some of the needs that we haven't addressed, just to touch on it, might be a good place for us to go quarterback here you got Riley Ferguson from Memphis is still on the board. you got Luke Falk from Washington State still there. There's, there's some guys that we could take a flyer on this being the last pick in the draft for the Broncos. At guard, it's pretty well sifted through. Uh, you guys, some, you know, Nick, Carl, Eric, you guys probably recognize a lot of these names that I don't here. But anyway, with that being said, it's the final pick. I'm going to reset the clock. And Zach, you're up, my friend. 
Uh, Eric made a good point earlier that the Broncos haven't taken a quarterback and they probably should come away with this, you know, from this draft hall with a quarterback. And I see Luke Falk on the board and I'm zoning in on him as a very cerebral guy, a guy they can build upon, they can develop in this offense. You don't need him to start. You don't need him to be even, you know, a number two, just a guy who can hold a clipboard and fill out that depth chart. You have Paxton Lynch, who's still kind of veering toward bust status. You have Chad Kelly, who's very unproven. I think they have to come away with the quarterback in this draft. And I like Luke Falk a lot. I think he's a very smart, heady quarterback. Okay. Eric, who's your selection here? If I'm going quarterback, I won't be looking at Luke Falk. I am I – ju- I just don't like him. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he offers that much. If I want a cerebral quarterback, I'm looking at Jeremiah Briscoe. But if I'm looking at development guy – I would personally be looking at Chase Litton or Kurt Benkert. Personally, I really like I really like Riley Ferguson out of Memphis and Brendan Silvers from Troy. I think they offer a lot more upside. But from a pure developmental standpoint, it's Chase Litton or Kurt Benkert, and I would actually probably lean Chase Litton. Okay, Carl. Man, looking at these quarterbacks, I I'm gonna have to go with Kurt Benkert. Actually, I just think uh, he's he's got a good good arm. He's a guy that can fit in the, the ball into some very tight windows. He's got all the numbers of, of you know, just uh, the tools-wise, what you're looking for in a quarterback. And and he he just has some games that leave you going, oh, my goodness, this guy is a first-round talent. And then he just explodes for, like, the next four games. But I, I just – for a developmental guy, a guy that you can sit for maybe a couple of years, that's who I'm going for. Okay, Bob, who do you got – at this point, I think, you know, Chase Litton, I'm, I'm kind of fine with uh, taking a chance on him and seeing if he can develop to be uh, the backup for the Broncos. Okay, that's two for Litton. Nick, you ready? Personally, I'm going to go with Chase Litton. I feel like he is more of the, the Broncos' style of quarterback. I mean, 6'5", 230, he's surprisingly decent on the move outside of the pocket and off structure. He does have to work on his consistently. His release is and his base is totally off kilter pretty consistently. But I I think he's got some upside to be a guy who could, with development, turn into a starter in this league. Now, that said, you know, you're taking a, a lottery ticket there in the fifth round, but I think he's got arm talent. He's got a little bit more wiggle than you want than you think with his size, and he's he's got the frame. So, personally, I think Litton's the guy. I, I do really like Kurt Benkert as well. But I think Litton has a, a higher floor because Kurt Benkert is a roller coaster of a ride, and his his highs are good. I mean, if look at that Miami game; he was incredible. But his lows are can't like com- complete a pass. Like he's like the the polar or the bipolar version of Josh Allen. So I'll take Chase Litton here. Okay, that's three for Litton. My selection would be Luke Falk because I think of the remaining quarterbacks available, he's the safest bet in terms of being able to count on getting something back even though it's you know even though it's Denver's last pick in this draft it's still a fifth round pick and I think if we're trying to hedge bets for me Luke Falk would be the selection but Litton has the numbers he gets the vote Chase Litton gets drafted by the Broncos as the final selection in the fifth round so to recap really quick guys I just want to go around the table at the total body of work that we did here you guys just give your thoughts on on what we uh the, the draft class that this simulation would be bringing to Denver. So just to recap, you got Bradley Chubb in, in round one, Leighton Van Der Esch, the off-ball linebacker, second round. In the third round, two selections, the first of which was tight end Dallas Goddard from South Dakota State, and then the running back, Sony Michelle from Georgia. In the fourth round, it was the wide receiver, Christian Kirk from Texas A&M, and the talented cornerback, Holton Hill from Texas. And then in the fifth round, 
the extremely talented but could use some some development offensive tackle Desmond Harrison from West Georgia and the last pick the uh, quarterback from Marshall Chase Litton so Zach looking at this total body of work this class that would be coming to the Broncos in 2018 your takeaways from tonight's mock draft I think it's tremendous. The Broncos filled every major need they had. The only one that I would want them to, you know, take a closer look at in real life is guard, because I don't really trust Menelik Watson or Connor McGovern or, you know, Max Garcia at that spot. But other than that, though, you got the edge rusher, the inside linebacker, the pass catchers, the offensive lineman, the tackle, you know, the running backs, the quarterbacks. So tremendous value. They filled every need. They didn't reach at all. And I really like the draft class. All right, Eric, your takeaways from our figurative mock class that is coming to Denver in 2018? Well, I absolutely love the first three picks. After that point is when I start to get a little iffy on it. Again, as I've said before, I just have so many concerns about Sonny Michelle and his fumbling issues being added to the fumbling issues Denver already has. I get he's a playmaker, but it's just so boom or bust every time he has the ball. And Christian Kirk, I, I like him, but he just seems really limited to me. And those two areas are somewhere I would have gone differently. Desmond Harrison, I would have gone differently as well. I would have stayed offensive line, but just gone with a different lineman. Overall, I would give this probably a B-minus grade. Based on it, you're getting a starter at edge. You're getting a starter at the inside linebacker. You're getting receiving threat at tight end. You're getting a two playmakers on offense who have a lot of concerns, a cornerback who has some weed issues, a developmental prospect to tackle, and a developmental quarterback. So. Okay, B-minus from Eric. All right, Nick, your thoughts on this draft class we're bringing to the collectively we've all decided to bring to Denver? I enjoy it. The issues is you don't have a pick to fill every single need, so you got to prioritize and let the board fall to you as it does. Uh, offense is an issue. Offensive line needs to be addressed, and unfortunately with the first two picks, board just didn't fall that way. But we got a guy I like a lot in Leighton Vanderich. We got the best edge rusher in this class in Chubb, and we added playmakers and added some – developmental upside on the back end as well so overall i'm going to be a little bit more lenient with this and i'll give it a a solid b it could be an a class if holton hill works out i'm just really concerned with what i've heard about how many times he got in trouble at texas for marijuana so i could see him being out of the league in two years based on what i've heard okay carl your thoughts on what we're bringing to denver in the 2018 class if the broncos can't go quarterback at, at the top of the draft I would say this is about as, as good as they can get. Bradley Chubb, probably the the best non-quarterback option that the Broncos could really take. Leighton Vander Esch, another great player, first-round value for a lot of people. I, I have him as a first-round value. Dallas Goddard, Sony Michelle, Christian Kirk. I mean, again, that's just adding so much to our offensive of getting some spacing. Most teams have just been able to, to cover the two outside receivers and just not worry about anything else. And so you add that with maybe Jake Butt coming in and, and adding another weapon as well. It just makes things so much easier for Case Keenum. He's not going to be expected to completely run everything. And then the, the final three picks, to me, they are such high-risk, high-reward picks. I, I don't know how they're going to turn out, but they, they could turn into three starters or they could all be out of the league in two years. So it's just hard to tell. But again, when you're looking at that – middle fourth round fifth round picks to me that's where you're looking for those guys with high high risk high reward sometimes right and just hoping that you can hit something okay sounds good bob your thoughts overall on the 2018 class we've brought to denver tonight 
Well, I think it's kind of unfortunate in one sense that uh, the uh, there's a big run on guards, I believe, in that uh, first round. So uh, not a lot of them fell to us at the 40th pick. But then again, you know, Leighton Vander Esch, it's more than a nice consolation prize there. I was surprised that uh, he was still in the uh, – in the second round, uh, Bradley Chubb, uh, I think that's going to be uh, a, that's a good addition in the first round in this situation. I love the uh, addition of Dallas Goddard. I'm not on board with uh, Sony Michelle. I think that's a mistake. I think you get better value on running backs in the uh, third round. Uh, and then after that, uh, I think obviously, again, you've got some high risk guys that are there, aside from maybe Christian Kirk, who's probably, uh, I think, slight. Slightly good value at that pick, but uh, the others, there's some high risk involved. But uh, again, there's high reward potential. Obviously, it would be nice to get a guard, but the board just didn't fall that way. And I think this draft in many ways is an example of why it probably is for the best for the Broncos to trade down if they don't find a Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold at the uh, at the fifth pick. Because as much as we may like, you know, guys like Bradley Chubb, Quentin Nelson, Roquan Smith, they all got a lot of things to offer. The Broncos do need help at uh, several positions, and trading now, I think, is going to be the best way to get them. But overall, mm-hmm. the draft is I'm, – I'm fine overall with the draft. I just uh, am not a fan of the Sony Michelle pick. Uh, I understand the talent he's got, but I think you can still find better value on a running back in the day three picks. Okay, well, for what it's worth, if the Broncos missed out on one of the top three quarterbacks – in the first round, and this is how their draft shook out, I would be completely stoked on this class. I mean, so many, just the first four or five picks there, I think are relatively, when it comes to the draft, just guys that maybe not necessarily can't miss aside from Bradley Chubb, but guys who can come in and immediately make significant impacts. And, you know, the Broncos have been hurting on the offensive side of the ball So I agree with Carl in that respect, that this is a class that, you know, if you're looking for impact, if you're looking for an inspirational class to come in and really help turn the ship around, I'm not sure we could have done a whole heck of a lot better than the class that uh, this mock draft produced. So, gentlemen, I thank each and every one of you uh, for your time and for the opportunity to sit down and go through this mock. But that's it for today, you guys. You can find my partners at Kelberman on Twitter, at Kelberman247, myself at Chad and Jensen, also the fellas at Eric Trickle, at Nick Kendall, MHH, at Carl Dummler, MHH, and at Bob Morris Sports on Twitter. If you have questions, hit any one of us up on Twitter. We're always going to try to address them as often as we can. And make sure you're subscribing to the podcast, y'all. For Zach, for all the dudes, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon. Mile high huddle. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. 
dog on dependable. 